Hello and welcome to the Far Flung Tin Can Podcast. I hope you're having an incredible day so far. We are in the headquarters right now recording this and editing this. And today's episode, man, as I was editing this episode, I really, really... We've got some incredible people that are part of Far Flung. And Pastor David and Tina Matthews are just some of the sweetest, most dedicated and just incredible people that you'll ever meet. And we're going to get to hear a little bit of their story in this episode as they talk about what the Lord has done uh, in them and really their process for ministry and their calling. And so I encourage you, if you are in a place in your life where you're either in ministry or you're wanting to go into ministry and you're not 100% sure what to do, there is some amazing wisdom that Pastor David shares with us in this episode that I highly encourage you to listen to and to share with others that may be in a similar place. Um, they have been in Barrow, Alaska for many, many years, them and their family, their kids are incredible. I mean, really just an incredible family. We really, really love this family so much. And, um, and so the fact that we got to interview him is an absolute honor and privilege um, that he took time to be able to just share his heart with us. And so we wanted to share this with you and for you to be able to hear their heart and um, hear what the Lord has done in and through them. Now, don't tune out because at the very end, you know, if you know Far Flung, we are all about taking the love and hope of Jesus Christ to the far flung corners of the earth. But we are also all about joy and laughter. And so there's a really funny story that in all reality, probably wasn't as funny in the moment as it is now. But, you know, if you know Pastor David, Pastor David is all smiles. The joy of the Lord truly just, I mean, it is radiating from this man constantly. And so there is a story. I don't want to ruin this, but we thought that he was just full of the joy of the Lord, but he was actually in a really tough spot. And uh, we didn't know it until... <laughs> Tina, with all of her wisdom and, of course, knowing her husband was like, no, we need to do something right now. So anyway, I won't keep giving you any details because I don't want to ruin the story, but I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will catch you at the end. God bless. Welcome to the Far Flung Tin Can Podcast. We are here with Pastor David Matthews. He is in Alaska, and we've got Brian Lindsay, Jonathan Horbay, and um, man, it's been it's been a cool few days. And we were just talking about a really cool fact that, like, I feel like not. I feel there's no other pastor. This is a fact, right? This is not a feeling. This is a fact. No other pastor in the United States of America can say that you are the what. Pastor of the most northern church in the United States of America. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a cool fact. Yeah. Now, is is it warm? Is it like, what's the climate? Oh, it's not warm. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's what, about negative seven or so something outside? Like, yeah. Probably feels like with the wind, maybe negative 20 something. But yeah, it's a it's one of the coldest places on the face of the earth, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other day, um, before you guys came, just a few weeks ago, it got down to probably negative twenty something Fahrenheit. Then wow. you add the wind to it, so you're down into negative fifty, sixty. Yeah, so it's pretty extreme cold. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this is this is polar bear country. Yeah. And one of the one of the funniest things I've, I think I've ever heard in my life is the first time we came up here and Pastor David was like, you know how when you're in school, they teach you to when you cross the road, you got to look both ways. Right. Because there's cars. Mm -hmm. Right. But here, when you're going anywhere, you look always because there may be a polar bear nearby. Yeah. You always have to be aware of that and be. You know, you have to be aware of your surroundings all the time because right. the polar bears coming in and out. Well, you guys know that you've seen one. We did what day before yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're driving down the road and um, yeah. you know our friends most of the trips that have come up here have seen polar bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've spotted them on a lot. This of the was trips. my first time. 
This was your first this time? This was my first time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we see them quite often. Yeah. We we have a 24-7 uh, polar bear watch. And they, that's actually their position um, on their job is they watch for polar bears 24-7. That's crazy. Yeah. And they just can't catch them all. So sometimes they do make it yeah. in the town. Yeah. So w- when they see a polar bear... Like, what's their first? They just try to get away from town. Like, they just try to make the polar bear go away from town, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. They they don't want it to be a good experience <laughs> for them. <laughs> you know, because... You're if, not welcome if, here. If they come in and they find food, well, right. they're going to want to come back. So, they try to make it a, a horrific experience for them. And Was it maybe the that will time? take scaring them, you yeah. know, with gunshots or... You know, shooting them with bean bags or something like that. They don't want to harm the bear, but they right. sure don't want it to have a good experience right. with humans and coming into town. Was it the first time that we came that there was a story that there was a bear that had like reached in the house? Well, it was going under the house. It was going under the yeah, house. Yeah, the houses right. here are built up. You yeah. know, and still it's because of the permafrost. Right. It's constantly moving, so concrete won't work because it'll just bust the concrete up. But um, they, they're on stilts, and so they actually, the neighbor filmed their neighbor's house, pulled two polar bears going underneath their neighbor's house. So, yeah, that was on Facebook. It's crazy, yeah. It's a pretty amazing place. Yeah. Unique, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we are, we're here yeah. with Far Flung, and specifically Far Flung Air. So we take trips in Farflung because you've been with us down the Amazon River. Yeah. We take some trips that are like trips where we film, maybe film documentaries, or we have big projects with our missionaries or our partners. Mm-hmm. And then we also have like trips like this one. It's an air trip. We got a bunch of students from the university. Yeah. We have pastors and their wives and their families, church members just on trips. This is Farflung Air here in Barrow, Alaska. Now Barrow has two names. Right? It's mm-hmm. Barrow, but it's also... Utkigvik. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Why the two names? Um, They just changed it a few years back. From? Barrow to Utkigvik. Utkigvik. Yeah. So technically it's just... So is it just Utkigvik right now? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people still, still use Barrow. And there's yeah. Barrow still written up on like yeah. buildings yeah. and... And even in the airlines, you still put in BRW for Barrow, yeah. and it comes up Barrow, Alaska. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we come up here once a year. A couple times we come up more than once a year with Far Flung. Mm-hmm. But you guys, and this is a really remote region. Trying to describe to people who live in the lower how remote this is is not easy. Mm-hmm. Not only do you catch a flight probably to like Seattle or Minneapolis. And then from there go to Anchorage, and then to get from, here, yeah. And then yeah. from Anchorage, now you're mm-hmm. flying again, and mm-hmm. this is a really remote place. How did you get to to become a pastor in such a remote spot? What what was the? I mean, like I feel like even if I took a globe and I spinned it <laughs> and put my finger on it. I don't think I could like Odds I don't even are, think you, you can land accidentally here. land here. Right. Like I think your finger would get stuck in the little thing. You can't reach this place. Yeah. Like how do you how do you come to be uh, a minister in such a remote region? It is remote. I mean there's no paved roads, it's all gravel. We have no red lights, we have no malls, you know, we have no theaters, no McDonald's, you know. But you do have Sam and Lee's. Salmon Lee's, which yes. Is, which is which is a the best Chinese restaurant in the whole world. <laughs> definitely in, have to tell definitely Mrs. in Barrow. That. She would love that. <laughs> it's definitely the best one in Barrow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's the only one in Barrow, right? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it is a unique place and it is remote. When I was in uh, 7th, 8th grade middle school, um... My parents went to a general assembly where a lot of churches uh, from around the world get together. They went there and uh, they met um, Pastor Green, Richard Green, and his wife, Linda, and they had dinner with them. 
they were friends with uh, church. We were going to in Orange, Texas, because that's where my parents are from. And they were friends with Richard and Linda Green. Well, they all got together for dinner, and and uh, Pastor Richard Green started telling my parents about Kotzebue, <clears throat> which is above the Arctic Circle, 60-something miles above the Arctic Circle. And as they described Kotzebue to my parents, um, my dad started weeping because he said, that's the place I seen in my dream. And he had dreamed wow. about being a pastor in Kotzebue before, you know, Pastor Richard Green described it to him. I remember um, we were staying with my dad's parents, me and my sister. I have one sister, Melinda. She's about a year and a half younger than me. So she was in middle school as well. We were staying with our grandparents and mom and dad came back, you know, from General Assembly and they had news that they needed to tell us. And so they brought us into a room with just us and our family. <clears throat> and dad says, we're going to the 49th state. Hmm. And me and Melinda looked at each other and went, Hawaii. And we missed it by one. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they said, uh, no, Alaska. <laughs> okay, now about what, like what year was this? Like roughly, not exactly, but like this is what? Let's see. Early 80s? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Probably so we're, about, yeah. we're early 80s. Now early back 80s. then, so for people watching who are not connected to like local church or denominations, this general assembly is when all the pastors and church leaders right. of a certain denomination, they all get together. And back in the 80s, people would go to general assembly and they would end up like swapping church. Pastors would end up swapping churches. That happened yeah. all the time. And so if your parents went to general assembly, usually they would come back and be like, guys, we're moving. Right. We're going to this church and that church. But right. usually you stayed in the same state. <laughs> or maybe you went from Tennessee to Kentucky or Texas to Tennessee, Georgia, mm -hmm. Alabama. Yeah. You guys go from Texas <clears throat> yeah. to Alaska, yeah. to Kotzebue. Your dad gets there and never looks back. Is this pretty accurate? Like that was just, that was a yeah. place of, of a lot of ministry for them, for you guys? Yeah, it was. I remember um, selling the house selling our house in Texas, mom selling her wedding ring, us buying a PA system, drums, you know, amps, things like that, and actually um, moving those all the way up to Alaska, to Kotzebue. And uh, that's where uh, they pastored for a while. Um, you know, in the 80s, is it's totally different than it is now. So uh, we went to public school for a little while, but it was just so rough. It was just just um, really, really hard times, this you know, for middle view. schoolers. Yeah, during that time. And um, I could tell you, you know, a lot of stories about, you know, when my dad and mom pastored there in Kotzebue, but that's really where it all kind of started, you know, for us that we seen our parents um, not only say, you know, that we should surrender everything to God, we've seen them do it. And when they sold out, you know, and so that really put something in me, you know, that when God called us to barrel and let me back up a little bit. And then, you know, as I got older, I met my wife, um, Tina and we she, love you, Tina. Tina is beautiful. We love her. I agree That's totally. Great. That's so great. I agree totally. She is. I I don't know how I got her, but it must have been a God thing. <laughs> it was definitely. It a was God definitely thing. a God. <laughs> it was definitely a God thing. Miracle. Like, we love you and all. It's but, a miracle. Like, Let's just. I think all three of us really yeah. married so far outside of yeah, our league. We really did. That. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. If you're watching we're, the video of this yeah. podcast, yeah. we're all in agreement here. <laughs> we're a bunch of bears up here, yeah. and the Lord uh, is faithful. Yes. Yes. So you, yeah. So you meet Tina. Yeah. And, and so we we yeah. got married, and you know Tina's in Yupac. She's Eskimo in Yupac, and uh, we have six kids: three girls, three boys. And uh, about sixteen, almost sixteen years now. Wow, this may be sixteen years. Wow. 
Um, my pastor at the time, I was his associate pastor and I led worship in Kotzebue. And um, I was on the board at the church and, and they got a call from Barrow, a, church, a young church that was only about eight or nine months wow. yeah, old that they started here in Barrow. And they called the headquarters of the state office and wanted the Church of God to come up. And so my pastor was the regional overseer and the state overseer at the time came up to Barrow and and uh, they met the congregation, the pastor and everything. And they came back to Kotzebue mm. and they had talked amongst themselves. And my pastor called me, said, you know, we really think you'd be a good fit for Barrow. And, you know, usually news like that, your jaw drops and you're like, what? Yeah. But it didn't shock me. There was like a flow to it, yeah. like a peace that was there. So um, Tina worked for Alaska Airlines at the time. And so we decided to come up and do a site visit. Well, the church was in revival at the time with um, Alfred Flett. And um, they were going, I think, on their third week straight of revival. Wow. And uh, we came in, we came into the congregation, the church, and just sat down. And and um, Brother Flett, the evangelist at the time, he called us up and prayed over us. And honestly, I was just on my, my face on the floor, face down in a puddle of my own tears and snot and all kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> just praying and seeking right. God. And just, wow. I just knew yeah. when I, when I got up from that spot on the floor, I knew that God had called us to come to Barrow. Wow. And I get chills right now thinking about it. Wow. And so me and Tina um, got on the plane and as the plane took off and I looked back at Barrow with tears flowing down my eyes and I looked at Tina with tears in her eyes, we knew that we were relocating to Barrow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that's how we ended up here in Barrow. We had five kids in the house. Chelsea, our oldest daughter, was at college, but we had five kids. And we basically just launched out in faith and God has done some great miracles. I remember um, I was the optician at the um, eye clinic for Manila Health Center at the time. And so... Um, I thought I could wait and get a, give a two weeks notice because Tina had put in a transfer with Alaska airlines, mm. you know, so she could just transfer right. with her job up here. And so I was waiting to make sure she got the transfer. But my boss said I had to put in a 30 day notice. Oh no! Yes. Yeah, so she hadn't got the transfer yet. And I'm in my office and I'm typing up this resignation letter. And I start to type up that resignation letter. And the first voice that comes to me says, are you crazy? You're going to leave this job. How are you going to provide for your family when you go <laughs> yeah. up to Barrow? Wow. Yeah. I and I it. just, I stop, I pause. Yeah. And I just, and I just take a moment and I just bow my head and I close my eyes. Wow. And the next voice that comes to me says, I am your Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. Wow. Yeah. So good. And I kept typing. <laughs> <And I started laughs> Got back to work. Right. I kept typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Man. I remember getting that letter and handing it to my boss. And I said, I've helped people see physically long enough. I want to go help them see spiritually too. Yeah. Wow. And I turned it in about, Within two hours, the phone rang in my office. I picked it up. It was Tina. She said, honey, as soon as I walked through the doors, those were her exact words. As soon as I walked through the doors, they told me I had my transfer to barrel. Wow. Wow. It's like it, faith had to activate that yeah. miracle. Yeah. You know, and, and then we found out that one of the ladies here that uh, lived here before, wanted to transfer back, had seniority on Tina, uh, but Tina got hers in, you know, in wow. time 
to to get that position. Yeah. And so it was just all a God thing. Alaska Airlines moved all of our stuff up, igloofuls of stuff. You know, the igloo goes inside the plane. That's probably not what the term. That's not what I use. pictured. I pictured yeah. an igloo <laughs> made out of ice. Yeah. I pictured, <laughs> no, I pictured, like when he says an igloo full of stuff, I thought that was a measurement of stuff. Like so much stuff, it'll fill up an igloo. Yeah. Like, you that know, we're like, man, to. we had four totes worth of this. We have, we had three igloos worth of stuff. Yeah. But all, all of it was free. I mean, wow. Just so much stuff to move. And, and, um, all of it was free to get it here, you know, and, and it was free to fly my whole family here on Alaska Airlines, you know, so God's just done so many miracles, so many miracles along the way. A lot of times like we, yeah. we get the opportunity and of course you've been a part of far flung trips. Um, I don't know if we'll get it on this episode, but we'll maybe tell a story sometime about how he almost drowned in the river. But yeah, we don't talk about that. Maybe we could talk about it. But I feel like this is a good maybe teaser for another episode, right? right? You know, we're gonna we'll talk about it on baptism. the next one. <laughs> right. A lot of times baptism. we talk to people, we're like with people in very remote regions. Peru, yeah. Jonathan's been there a bunch of times, yeah. the Amazon, Thailand, yeah. the jungles we've been to with Charlie, different places. Sometimes we go places and there's these language barriers so right. it's hard to talk to the people who are remote and they are remote in their own right, right. It's like there are places in brazil that are populated and then we're working with pastors who are remote so it's not just we're going to a remote place from tennessee it's that we're working with people in these countries who are themselves remote right this is unique because like we speak the same language we can talk in plain english Mm -hmm. And talk this through and kind of say, what is it like? One, how do you get there? Which is kind of like what you've talked about. One of the things I love about what he's saying in his story is, like, getting here, if it was right, but, but it wasn't exactly simple. It wasn't hard because, like, the Lord did it yeah. all. Because sometimes easy is not always simple. Yeah, right. It was easy in the sense of the Lord worked it out and Tina got a transfer and they paid for everything and it was free. That part mm -hmm. was easy, but it wasn't yeah. simple because you're having to make some complex faith decisions. Yeah. Um, and and getting up here, it it was pretty smooth for the family those first few years because 16 years, those first few years, was it like you knew because you had this experience in the plane, mm -hmm. crying, that... Your kids didn't have that. Now, did it just, did it, everybody just kind of fall in? You know, it's something because God will open the door. We have to do our part, yeah. walk through the door. Right. And a lot of times we don't know everything that's on the other side of that door. Right. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of challenges yeah. Yeah. along the way. There's been, in fact, I'll say this. You know, I'm I'm 55, and these past 16 years have been the most challenging moments in my life. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah, in a season in my life um, that I went through in 2010 was the most challenging wow. ever in my whole life. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, you know, to finish God's will, to do God's will, and to finish that, it's, it's challenging, you right. know, like we were talking the other day and you said ministry, you know, it, it's hard and it, and it is hard. Yeah. There are hard seasons, but there's also seasons of refreshing. Yeah. So, you know, God has that perfect balance within our lives. You know, our kids now, um, they grew up here, you know, we've had four kids graduate from here, wow. you know, already. And, um, we have a house in Kotzebue still. And, um, I say, well, guys, you know, should we keep the house in Kotzebue? And they say, we're not going back, you know, Barrow's our home, <laughs> you know? So yeah. this is their home yeah. now, you know, and this is where they have all their connections, you yeah. know? Sure. We have family, you know, back in Kotzebue, right. but when they grew up here, you know, they have no desire now to go and relocate back to Kotzebue, yeah. but it was challenging at first, you know, um, 
you know, with our oldest daughter, she was uh, in college. Taya, our next to the oldest, was in middle school. And so it was challenging, you know, for her being there. The other ones were in elementary and uh, preschool even. And then we had Trenton as a one-year-old baby, you know, then. And so, and, uh, you know, Trent has Down syndrome. So he's seven, 17 now. And, and he's so awesome. He, he's like the icing. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah, sure he's we have some on the clips cake. of <laughs> him like at a dance party yeah. with oh, Farflung. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's very much in the middle of it. Yeah. He's character too. Yeah. He's got he a good is. personality. Yeah. yeah. He sure taught me a lot, so much more than I could ever teach him. But um, it was kind of challenging, you know, with Taya being in middle school at the time. But yeah. Taya, she has married a young man that's from here now and have her awesome grandson, Tobin. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it it's amazing what God has done. Wow. You know, and, and the kids will say, you know, now I can see why God relocated us here. Yeah. You know, even David, uh, D3, he uh, loves football. They didn't even have football in Kotzebue, you know, <laughs> but he was able to play that here, wow. you know, and it's a big basketball team, uh, a community. So yeah. Brendan was able to play basketball here. Yeah, the Barrow Whalers are like a big deal. In the state. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the, Barrow, the Barrow Whalers basketball team. Yeah. Right. The actual Whalers who go whaling, the, they're a big deal they're too. They're a big deal yeah, too. Yeah. Right. But right. the Barrow Definitely. Whalers basketball, basketball team, team is yeah. also a big deal. Yeah. 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 And so it's amazing, you know, how God has worked worked things out for good, you know, and... Uh, yeah. One yeah. of the things I'm thinking through that's impressing me, and not that our goal is to be impressed, right? it's making an impression on me, mm. is... Cause, so how old is baby Mateo? Warbase's son is... He's nine weeks, almost Nine 10. weeks old. My son's nine years and old. And a cutie. Oh yeah. Of how going awesome families yeah. is generational. One hundred percent. Like you oh, you yeah. had a dad that was a goer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So good. Kind of remote. And then now yeah. you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now your right. kids are planted in the remote thing. And right. I, now I'm looking now, at Shelby and David went to the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And very man, man, big part of our life. I don't know Brendan yeah. as well personally, yeah. but man, Shelby yeah. and little David, man, those guys are my, those are my yeah. people. I love them guys. That but through. thank you. That generation of, because my dad went, my mom went, now I go, now my kids go. Usually it has to start somewhere though. Somebody's yeah, yeah. the first one. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and I like that we can talk to you and you can give us like culturally people who are watching. Yeah. Everyone here is American. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you have the Inuit culture and yeah. that, but like everybody in this room, as we're talking, you don't have to look through the cultural lens as much right. as far as going out to those remote places. Mm -hmm. So people that are listening to the podcast yeah. that are thinking through maybe beginning to feel a calling mm -hmm. to some of the far-flung places. Yeah. Whether that's maybe a remote place in Idaho mm -hmm. or the Dakotas. I mean, I talk to people in some of the regions, even in the lower 48, and they're like, we can't get pastors to come here. Yeah. No one wants mm -hmm. to come to our town, to our area. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what would you, how would you encourage someone who feels called to missions or feels called to go to a remote region? What kind of advice? Even not encouragement. You might tell them, <laughs> you better be sure. Like, I don't know where you fall. But if you're talking to some people who have those mindsets, they're thinking about it, what would you say? I would say that there's only a satisfaction that can come from serving. There's a satisfaction and a fulfillment in serving like Christ, our example, showed us to do Wow! Yeah, in serving others. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of said when someone hollers SOS, that's when we can be SOS mm. and we can see that there is satisfaction of serving, Wow! you know, others. And that's the only way you can experience it is in faith when you give yourself to that. Yeah. And you just launch out there. That's when you feel more alive. And I believe that's when we experience the abundant life that Jesus has come to give us, wow. you know, is when we take this temporary life 
we invest that in eternal things and we say, here am I, Lord, send me. And man, I I wouldn't change it for anything, Mm. you know, through all the ups and downs, the ins and outs, you know, the challenges, the victories, the defeats of ministry, knowing that you're in the will of God and doing what God would have you to do and being flexible enough to say, you've opened this door and it's going to stretch me, but I'm going to do it because you're going to be with me. You're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to protect me. You're going to provide for me as I launch out in faith because that activates the miracles to happen, Mm. you know, in our lives. So I would encourage everyone, please, you know, take the leap of faith. And if the Lord puts it in your heart to go on one of these mission trips, you need to experience that because experiencing that is experiencing the satisfaction and the contentment that can only come from serving and doing God's will and serving others. You know, at the office, we, there's a few of us now, I mean, well, it's like six of us now, right? That like, we've got Stephen... Kawakami. Yeah, he, I love that guy. You know, I wish he, he could have come on I this know, trip. Right? He was, man, a super talented guy. I mean, you know, left a great position at a great church. Yeah. Brian, you know. Um, super talented guy. Super talented guy. <laughs> <laughs> you awesome know. family. Right. Um, and Good looking, talented. Can, can we just take a second and talk about how funny it is to have a rhino sneaking through your yeah. podcast, <laughs> trying to get his backpack and his yeah. beanie. <laughs> a rhino like so cannot sneak around. Trying to sneak it's through. It's impossible. All right. Uh, edit here. And come Cut. back in. <laughs> You were um, saying Brian is really talented. Yeah, what are you so, saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> talented, good looking. Oh, man. You know, uh, Jeremy, you know, it's just so many of us in the office that it's just hearing your story is really encouraging. And I, mm. not just encouraging, but it's almost like a like a light on a path, you know, that yeah. a lot of us have recently started. You know, mm. I've got a nine week old, almost 10 week old. He's got a nine year old. And like, so we're, we're kind of early on, on a path that you started years ago when you said, all right, Lord, like we're going to go to the most remote place in the United States to be the most remote pastor, you know, in, in somewhere and just, and, and like you said, it's been challenging. It hasn't necessarily always been easy, but the Lord has always been faithful. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Like, and that's, I think that's the key to a lot of this. And it's like, and sometimes when we, like we, I feel like there's hesitation sometimes when we go to a place or when we're thinking about going somewhere, because like you said, I'm sitting here at my full-time job, typing up a resignation letter. There's a voice in the back of my head going, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's countercultural yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Cause our culture says, well, you got to have a full-time job with full benefits, nine to five, right? You got to have the house, the four cars, right? Everybody, 10 college funds or, you know, there's just a whole list of things that we have to fulfill, but sometimes we have to let go of certain things yeah, for us to be able to follow God and be in the will of the Lord. But like you said, the satisfaction and the reward mm. is in being in the will Priceless. of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. let me ask you this question. So we talk about the remote nature um, of the place and the work and and it's a unique environment. Like a gallon of milk's like nine bucks. More than that. How much is it? It's over ten. Hey, okay. I saw a gallon like of milk today. I'm not a ninety-nine. I think it was fifteen dollars. So fifteen dollars for a gallon of milk. Soy the, milk's fifteen bucks. Like the price of things are expensive. Yeah. So there's some hardship. Yeah. Just environmentally and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel remote here? Does this feel like? Oh man, I'm in such a remote place. Or is it just like, oh, I got my hands to the plow, so to speak. I'm just here working. Does it feel remote? At times it it, it can feel yeah. remote. But, you know, I'm surrounded by just people that love us. You know, it's like God has really blessed us with an awesome church family. And just being connected with Far Flung. I mean, even though we're thousands of miles away, You know, we always feel that connection. We feel that love. We feel prayers. 
We feel you guys thinking about us here. Yeah. But at, at times, you know, when it's the sun's not coming up, you know, for a couple months, it goes yeah. down and before Thanksgiving and doesn't come up till the end of January, you know, and it's just that's those are the coldest, some of the coldest months. Yeah. It can feel, you know, kind of remote yeah. during those times. Um, but for the most part, you know, I always think of what, you know, Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And his His grace has just been there and been sufficient for us, you know. And uh, even through some of the, the hardest seasons in our lives, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, would, I would say that, you know, there's going to be times in ministry where you probably won't, be able to hear God's voice mm. and you probably won't be able to recognize him. Yeah. Cause I remember going through that season and the disciples were in obedience to the Lord. They launched out, said we were going to the other side and the storm came out of nowhere. And it's in that storm during that time that they couldn't even recognize Jesus said he's a ghost you know and 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 just couldn't believe it was him they just could not believe it was him you know and they had just seen him feed the multitudes and everything and it's through some of those hard times in our lives where i i couldn't find him mm. and i couldn't hear his voice mm. through those seasons and you know, <laughs> people mean well, you know, <laughs> but they'll say, oh, you're going to thank the Lord for this season that you're in because you're going to learn so much through this season. <laughs> you know, that's just some of the things you don't want right. to hear. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you don't want to hear anything, but I love you and I'm here right. for you. You know, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Period. Just, just yeah. tell somebody I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Exactly. Right. exactly. Right. I hate that you're in pain. <laughs> Christians mean well, but it's not the time to quote scriptures, right. you know, just love them. <laughs> pray for them around them. But, yeah. you know, it's through that tough time that God did do surgery within my heart wow. and take some things out, you know, that needed to be taken out and put some other things in. But, you know, it's going to be challenges, you know, being in ministry, like you said the other day, Brian. I agree so, so well with that. I can relate to that. I not only hear you, but I feel you type of thing, yeah, you yeah. know. But there's nothing more rewarding, we could say, at the same time. And some of the most awesome times yeah. that I've ever experienced has been in ministry. You know, I mean, when you come through that that season of your life, you, it's like you, compassion is like so much stronger within your heart for other people. I remember walking the mall with my wife and we walked by this person and we made eye contact and I could just see and feel the pain in that person's life. And I just started weeping and praying for the person, didn't even know who they were. You know, it's like God really, really gives you a heart of flesh that can feel, you know, during those seasons. And so, you know, after that, is when God really started doing some great miracles. I mean, we're sitting in this new church building, you know, built yeah, in the, one yeah. of the most remote places on the face of the earth. Everything had to be barged in. Every So you pay double for everything, you know. Men and women of action with the Church of God came up and blessed us so much to be able to build this. Wow. But it, shout out, shout out to Peter Burroughs. I don't know if he was on the team, but he's like one of my guys. I love that yeah. dude. He's been a women of action, oh, did yeah. work in Mozambique. So they're awesome. They we love them. Awesome. Yeah. We love yeah, all those people. Yes. And a lot of times, we Far Flung does stand in a lot of the things they built. Oh yeah, all yeah. over the world. Oh, yeah. You're in one of them right now. I know it. I know yeah. it. Yeah, we and, got and a lot of amazing. love for them. Yeah, yeah. We, oh man, I love those guys. Yeah. They they not only came and donated all their time, paid their own tickets, but brought offerings. Yeah, wow. As well, That's you know, amazing. and labor in this community. Yeah, I mean, is so expensive. You yeah. would just have yeah. to triple it if you had to pay for labor as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it's been an amazing journey, but it was out of that hard, hardest time of my life mm -hmm. that God birthed all these other things that started to come to pass. Wow. Amazing, wow. amazing thing. It's like he had to prepare, he has to prepare us, yeah. you know, before he promotes us. Right. 
just like Joseph. He had he went through a lot of hard times because there was a promotion that was coming and he wanted him to handle that promotion. Yeah. I heard something long time ago that stuck with me. It said that um you know, prosperity has hurt more people than poverty ever has. Wow. You know, because well, that's a mouthful. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because if we don't go that's through the shit. preparation time and allow God to do the surgery within our hearts and lives that needs to be done. When we get to that position, it's going to hurt us and we're going to hurt a lot of other people, you know, because we didn't go through that process. That I, I heard this the other day. Uh, this guy says that hard times make for tough men. Tough men make good times, make for good times. Good times make for soft men. Soft men make for hard times. Mm. And then hard times make for tough men. Tough men make for good times. That there's this cycle Cycle. generationally that a lot Mm. of times our kids have it so much easier than us. Yeah. And then (laughs) they end up sometimes becoming soft. Yeah. Because they didn't have the hardship. Where good parenting balances letting them struggle. And that's where I think you're talking about. Uh, Mm. You know, being here and walking through that, that specific season. And I think don't miss that if you're listening. Some sometimes it is a very specific season of hardship. Yeah. Um, what I love, like just a couple things that you're saying that I just really really love, and people that are listening that are thinking about ministry. There's always a faraway place. Sometimes the faraway place is being a youth leader, and in your mind, that's so far from who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's got a mm-hmm. barrow. Of a, of a maybe some part of, yeah. of of a place that stretches you that's out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's like evangelism or or youth ministry. How many times as a pastor are you trying to get people to jump out of their comfort zone and you can see it? And they, we all have that. And living like, on the edge. Yeah, yeah. jump, <laughs> jump, do it, just do yeah. it. And um, there's there is there's frustration, big frustrations. But there's big rewards. Oh, yes, sir. These northern lights. Oh, man. There's big rewards. Yeah. You know, like you having your family all so close, that's a big reward. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of big rewards, and I think that's what you're alluding to. Big frustrations, big rewards. If somebody's thinking about taking a leap, whether it's somebody like Isaac who took a leap to Cambodia or a kid thinking about I want to do missions work, or somebody who wants to be an intern in Barrow under Pastor Come David. On. Come on. Let's and do go. three months here. There we go. Hey, man, you don't know. But yeah. big frustrations, yeah, big rewards. Yeah. Right? It'd be an awesome experience. There's not a lot of certainty in the steps, but there's a lot of certainty in the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Like, I good. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, but, I like that. Yeah, so yeah. we want certainty. We want to know. Ducks in a row. God, are you sure you're calling me here? Yeah. It's like what one of the things that you're saying when when you told the story about flying back in the plane and the tears. Yeah. Lou Engle says, "Pay attention to your tears." Mm. Like where Nehemiah wept for the wall. Oh yeah. Like your tears have a way of telling you where God's calling you. Mm-hmm. What do you cry over? Mm-hmm. Whether it's kids ministry or or at risk adolescents, or maybe you cry over the elderly people who are just so passionate about the marginalized elderly people. Uh, yeah, you pay attention to those tears and that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, man. And you know, a lot Powerful of testimony, David. Yeah, when you were when you were talking, I thought about that saying: "We want to know, then we'll go." God says, "Go, then you'll know." Wow. And that's faith. So good. Yeah. And when you do that in faith, there's such a satisfaction in that. Even though it's stretching you, you know, (laughs) it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn satisfaction and contentment out of that. Yeah. You know, um, there's just, so like you're, you're in Barrow. There, there are some cultural things here, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I know Tina, like you were saying, she's, she's a native. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I've noticed like even just the way that people talk to each other, right? If, if an elder is speaking, everyone listens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, 
And there's just some of those nuances, even within a place like like Brian was saying, where we speak the same language, but there's still some 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 yeah. things you need to, you need to navigate through, right? When we went to to Akasuk, right, they had a walkie-talkie that everybody was on the radio, and so there's there's some there's some things that you need to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what has that looked like for you in ministry? Um, and then also maybe like a takeaway, right? Like, Hey, whenever you do ministry in a place where there's some, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, the main thing is if you're going, if you're going to go to a place that has a different culture and a tradition that are, that's in there that I think, let me just say, I think too many times People who go into ministry in these places end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They just want to get rid of all of it because there might be a little, little bit that might be there that may not be good or and line that makes up it easier. with things. We start over. Yeah. Like, out with all this. And then my, it's my way or the highway dictatorship type of thing, you know. And that's not the way to do ministry. That's not how Jesus did ministry. But when you go into a place like this, it's so rich. Yeah. And I'm talking a people that are the most giving people that I have ever been around. This community is the most giving community that I have ever lived in. Wow. And for me to come in here and think that I've got something to teach you, I don't think so. I think you have a lot to teach me and I am here to serve you. Yeah. And I'm... And I don't mean this is not a prejudice statement that's coming, but I think too many times it, it's been the white guy wanting to come in and show these natives, mm. you know, how it needs to be done. Yeah. And they've totally missed out right. on learning and gleaning from the people that they're going to try to minister to, you know, you, I, I come in and I just, I'm humbled to be able to even be a part of this community. And I know that my wife, Tina and her being in UPAC is one of the main reasons that I'm even accepted, you know, and for me to be able to come into a community that is so rich in giving and loving and humility and respecting their elders and all these different things, that's part of their Inupac values. Wow. I have learned a lot more than I could ever teach a community like this. I bring Jesus, I bring the gospel and the power of the gospel into salvation. Wow. And I glean from them. And I learned so much from them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I believe that I need to come and bring that spiritual component right. of God's word and the Holy Spirit and his light into this community. Right. And there's so much of the culture and the Inupac values, they all come from the Bible. Wow. You can find every Inupac value in God's word. Yeah. 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 We, we got to partake in some of that giving mm-hmm. the last time we were here. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget her name, but she brought the salmon. Remember? Um, it, it was like, it was like, a, it was like they only get, they, they don't always have fish. But when they have it, it's like a, del, you know, it's, it's like they, they only eat it. Yeah. Certain times. Yeah. So she brought us what she had. Oh, maybe it was Evelyn. Evelyn. Donovan? Yeah. That's who it was. The last trip you were at. Yeah, yeah, the last trip we were at. She is so giving. Yeah. She's awesome. And it was really meaningful. And you kind mm-hmm. of walked us through that a little bit when she mm-hmm. brought that. Um, because, I mean, we were just hanging out and mm-hmm. she was just like, look, you know, this is usually for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. But we love yep. you guys. You know? Daniel yeah, mentioned exactly. like that Barrow, maybe because it's small, um, that there's a, he called it like the passerby effect. That, that doesn't exist here like some places. And, and he alluded to if like, if a young woman was being attacked in a mall because there's so many people, like everybody just passes by because they assume somebody else is going to help. There's so many people. It's the reason you, you never tell someone, you, you never just yell out, call 911 because somebody, everybody assumes somebody else will call. He said, but in Barrow, it's not like anybody's coming to our rescue. We kind of got to help each other because there's not so many. He said, so if like a young woman were to get attacked in the alley with like 
just three or four people, those three or four people would probably help because they feel it's their responsibility. There's no one else around. And he said, I think some places it's like they're it's too big. There's no communal thing. That's it's a beautiful thing about this region. Um, and I think that's one of the big rewards. You go to a remote region, you're like, oh my gosh, milk is $15? God's not calling me there. <laughs> you're right. Milk is $15, but you got a you've got a bunch of neighbors yeah. who are who are available to help. There's there's some frustrations, but there's some big rewards. Most definitely. I remember when we first moved here, probably within the first year, we had a um a little Ford Explorer. We called it our exploder because we kept having to put it in the shop. <laughs> but but we we had went somewhere and it got a flat. And so we ended up, you know, it was close enough to the home. We just uh, walked back over to the house and the next day it's fixed. Huh. And an uh, elderly man uh, named Price, his name is Price, had taken the tire off, brought it to the shop, fixed it, and put it back on our vehicle. He didn't even know. I didn't even know. He just <laughs> seen the need and knew that we needed help and knew we were new in town, you know? And I mean, it's just a welcome, one of the greatest communities that has ever We, we were on the us. way back from Atkinson and we had like two trucks kept breaking down. And so at one point I asked the guy, I said, mm. so how many, you know, what happens if, you like get everybody gets stuck. You say, oh well, uh, you know the borough's got another truck. Um, but then he like went from the borough to like. But then uh, I'm just gonna say a name, Danny. Danny's got one. Uh, one. Uh, uh, he's got another truck with tracks, and it's like there's. It's like it's an assumption that Danny's gonna come rescue them. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's understood, right? There's not a question. It's like what you're saying with that yeah. community aspect. You know? Yeah, because everybody knows that's a life or death situation. Right. If somebody yeah. don't come. Right. Yeah, I mean, the extreme conditions right. and the cold that's here. If somebody don't come, somebody's going to be dying. I think and that's how serious it is. Yeah, there's here. something to the extreme conditions that, like, force extreme community. That's so yeah. good. Wow. Uh -huh. And when you don't have extreme conditions, like passive conditions yep. bring passive communities. communities. Oh, so wow. good. That's and good. extreme conditions bring extreme community. I think that's like yeah. a that may be like a far flung value. I was gonna say, that's right. yeah. Yeah. or at least a we gotta coin that yeah. from Peru and from you yeah. know here at Yutkovic yeah. and and the different places where yeah. it's like this is where we are. Um, so rich, so great talking, mm -hmm. everything so good. Um, let's let's kind of like like land it yeah. with the Pastor David almost drowned in Amazon. Oh man! Okay, somebody this, take it. So take you it, know. We, Pastor David, let's just say, as you see on the camera, Pastor David just always smiles, right? Like he's the happiest, most joy-filled person I have ever, ever met in my life. And so, you know, we're, we're like 62 people, right? Floating on a barge, basically on a riverboat. <laughs> Right? Riverboat. A riverboat. We're probably three, four hundred miles. Three, four hundred miles down the Amazon River, and we're at one of our stops. And there's these little kids, man, kids, right? Kids, yeah, teenagers, kids, swimming from our boat to the shore, yeah, nonstop, just one these way. These kids who live on the river, though, right? But still, you know, and so like, well, not to mention you the river has piranhas, good. right? <laughs> River has piranhas, crocodiles, I don't know, anacondas, hippos. hippos. I mean, everything you don't want to get near, you know? And so Pastor David, at one point, I don't know, I don't know what your thought process was. Well, it was so hot. <laughs> I'm from Alaska, dude, one of the most coldest places on the face of the earth. And you guys got me up the Amazon River, almost 100 degrees and humidity. I'm like almost dying. That's and we've it. been working up in the village, you know, doing the glasses and everything. And so I get to water and I'm like, oh. We took him to like a place where it's like 130 degree difference for him. Think about it. So we get to a stop and and it's like a safe place to swim. They kind of tell us, and a lot yeah. of people are in yeah. and out of the water. Mm -hmm. So so the boat's parked. We're anchored, and it's people yeah. are swimming and stuff. And at some point, you just like were. I was so hot. I, I looked at my wife. I said, "I'm just gonna swim over to the boat." 
Nobody realizes. The shore. You're at the shore. No, yeah. No. Oh, wait. I'm oh, at you're shore. at the shore. Oh, yeah. I thought, I, was on the shore. I thought you were on the boat and you swam to the shore. You were on the shore. I'm just going to swim over to the boat. Yeah. And your wife said. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm swimming. I get about halfway there and I'm like, yeah, this feels good, man. I'm cooling off, you know. And I get, I don't know, I was about. 100, 150 yards from the boat. Yeah. And then you probably got shoes on, everything, all your clothes, right? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it harder to swim. Yep. Yeah, thank you I'm for trying to give you a little that. bit of thank you. I appreciate you that. <laughs> I'll take all the help I get. <laughs> and what yeah. I didn't know was there was a current because you couldn't see the current. Ah. And so I started feeling the current, and you know, fighting against it and, and fighting against yeah. it. Yeah. And so I, I hit a place where I knew I was just getting so from the I boat, was exhausted. You see what? So, yeah, our perspective is we're all in the water hanging out. There's a couple of us in the boat. I had just got out of the water. Long story short, I see Pastor David in the distance, and all we hear is, hey, guys, help. Uh, Help. (laughs) Now, (laughs) with a big smile. He's like, hey, guys. Wait a minute. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, I need help. I I was wondering why nobody was taking me serious. Well, you had the biggest (laughs) smile on your face. (laughs) And we didn't know if you were being serious. And so then, and, and plus, yeah. did you hear what Tina said to no. everybody in the boat? No. Well, the, the the my wife, the guys in the boat looked at her and said, "Does he really need help?" And she said, "Oh no, he kids around like that all the time." Okay, now so so when he says oh, Tina's I in the boat, I did not know that Tina's in a small like <laughs> little, little John boat yeah. coming from the shore, and they're passing him. Yeah. On our way to the riverboat. And he's saying, hey, guys, a uh, little help. little help. Yeah. With the biggest smile on his and face. And she's like, no, he's just, he, he's he's just fine. Yeah. yeah. And so the they didn't come for me right away. No. What's your life insurance policy? I'm really <laughs> about to go under. We need yeah. to work that out. <laughs> Tina maybe was cashing in on that. it, whatever it is. <laughs> cashing so, in life insurance. So he's yelling out with a smile on his face. And we, we didn't really know if he was serious. So I didn't know about Tina saying that at this point. So we're just looking. We're like, oh, yeah, look at Pastor David. And we're all just kind of looking at him. And at some point, he's... Well, Shelby and David, my yeah. my son and daughter, were on top. They're on the, on roof, the roof of the riverboat. Oh, right. This is watching. like three stories up. And Shelby said, I knew you were serious. And I knew you were in trouble. And so she hollered down. That's and that's what, when that's when and then one of the pilot not the and that's pilots. why she's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, so you better all. edit that part out. <laughs> and then at that, point, oh and Chelsea will not agree <laughs> with that one with the girls. <laughs> and then someone finally jumped in a little boat and went and rescued you. Yeah, but if it wasn't for that, you probably would have went under. You would have went under. Yeah. So that's like a really famous far flung story because oh we're always like, and, and yeah, it's just so funny because he was so like relaxed, joyfully saying, I'm going to die. <laughs> hey guys. I remember just turning over <laughs> my back and just trying to float till somebody <laughs> came to get me. I turned back over and looked, nobody coming. Oh my gosh. I turned it over again. Just trying to stay above water. This man has been in, in Barrow for 16 years. Polar bears. <laughs> like legitimate risk of freezing to death. Right. A frozen ocean. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he's fine. One trip with Kyle Philby oh. on a riverboat right. and this man's almost dying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that says anything about David. I think that says something about traveling with, with Kyle, Kyle Philby <laughs> and Far Fun. Which I love and wouldn't trade no, for anything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, us too. Of course, us too, yeah. man. We all say um, most of our like bucket list moments all happen because Kyle has taken us. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah so we still oh, got another it. night of conference tonight. Yep. Um, services. Pastor Gary's yeah. going to be preaching. A lot of great things. Yeah. I hope people who are listening who like want to come and check out Barrow, jump in on a far-flung air trip. Yep. And there's a lot of opportunities if somebody feels called to come and spend some time here, yeah. teaching in the school systems, working yeah, at the out. hospital. Yeah. And we've got contacts. We'd love to help yeah. solidify some people here, interns, or all mm-hmm. that stuff. So Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. this is a mission field. Even though we speak all the same language, you know, and it's in the United States of America is definitely the mission field. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, Pastor David, man, we love you so much. And we so really, much love. really, oh, really love appreciate you, so you sharing with us and yeah. taking the time. I know, you know, I'm there's honest. just a lot of work yeah. to be done here. And so we, we're always praying for you. We just want yeah. you to know we that. that. Yeah. We're always supporting yeah. you. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Appreciate come it. come up to Barrow. Try some, some muck tuck. Yep. Some seal in oil. Some reindeer. Some raw caribou. That was a new one for me. Raw. I've yeah. never had raw. Yeah, raw yeah. caribou. That was new. Sushi. Caribou sushi. Caribou sushi. <laughs> yeah. Is it sushi at that point? I don't know. Isn't it sushi like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Right, well, listen, guys. We'll we love you guys. You guys. Yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. We really hope that you've enjoyed it. We love to tell stories and we love to laugh, as you can tell. We pick on each other all the time, but man, we really are just a family of brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love what we get to do, that we get to travel all around the world telling people about the hope and love of Jesus Christ. And then we get to come back home and tell you all the things and the testimonies of what God is doing. And our hope and prayer is not that we tell these stories to brag or to try to impress you, but so that you are encouraged to also go into the world and make disciples so that you are encouraged to go and preach the gospel and to take the hope and love of Jesus Christ to the far flung corners of the earth. Our desire is that you go one day with us. And now that you've listened to this episode, you're wondering, how can I go and be a part of that? Well, you can go by going to farflungtincan.com, signing up. And uh, we always say this in the office. We say everyone goes. Some go by giving and some go by going, but everyone goes. And so if the Lord is putting in your heart that you want to go or even that you want to give, go ahead and jump on over to our website and you'll find the path for both of those options. Also, we ask that you would help us with two things. And it's really simple. All we ask is that you follow our podcast and that you share it with your family and friends. Let them know that there's this crazy group of people that are going to the far flung corners of the earth and they're preaching the gospel and then they're coming back home and laughing and just having a great time. Listen, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thank you again for listening in and we'll see you next time.